Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter. My mom said that I wear a hat too much and my my hair isn't getting enough vitamin D. Oh. So I don't expect you to have an answer to that. I'm just, she well, was like, you know, when Hasidic Jews take off their wigs and then the hair is not nice. And I was like, yeah, I guess you need, like you need vitamin D on your skin. Why not your hair? And I thought I was just always protecting my hair from sun damage, but I guess I could stand to have like 20 minutes of vitamin D because I'm always wearing a hat. I guess that's the one the one excuse for people to wear just a visor. Yes. But what about scalp burn? Anyways, I've been trying to get my hair to slurp up some vitamin D because something's going on. <laughs> we had the baby 17 months ago. What's going on with his hair? What's going on? Folks. You can take some of her hair now. I shit, my daughter has so much hair and is so much larger than mm, babies her age. Where I ran into an old friend. Uh, who I hadn't seen in a very long time. And she has a baby and our babies are like three days apart. And her baby looked like an infant compared to my full-grown German shepherd. And she, what came out of her eyes, she goes, oh my God, she's huge. And she goes, I mean tall. <laughs> but she is like a full-grown head of hair and she has legs for days. So <laughs> she got one of those big babies, but not fat, but just a big baby. I was just reading something about someone whose big baby made them have to have like back surgery. So you better be careful. Well, she wasn't. Oh, you mean like from holding them? Yeah. I'm very strong. So I'm okay. Every time I pick her up, I'm like one rip. Like I feel so strong doing it. Um, Also, my dog's like not small. So just getting that upper body strength that women don't have naturally from picking up my big baby. My big five-year-old, 17-month-old. But we're very excited to bring her to, well, I can't really talk about where we're taking her yet, but I can say Europe. And I'm very excited for her to have a little European jacket. Do, very, be very cute. Does a baby have a passport or is it just a general like ID? No, baby's got to have passport. Like a full on, like it looks like a adult human's passport. It just has a baby's Ye- face. Yep. Oh, wow. And uh, you got to get that, you know, crossing international boundaries. Uh, weirdly doesn't need like a license to get on a plane. I think if they're under two, mm. but no one's going to buy that she's under two because she's nine <laughs> feet tall. But yeah, she had to get a little passport and it was very hard. And I had to go to get the picture at like CVS and they sit them on the floor against like a piece of cardboard. And it took many tries and they take it with like a digital camera. That's where fucking pharmaceutical technology is. Or it's just some woman like, let me get the camera. And I was, and you had to like, look up here. And it there's like certain, they give you a chart of like, Faces that are unacceptable. Like the kid can't be looking down. They can't be looking away. So we got it. It was a good picture. And uh, there's no way to prove it's your baby. We don't have the same last name, but whatever. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Like if right. I travel with her, there's no, they're not protecting against like trafficking. Like no one knows that that's, if it's my baby or not. I have no way to prove that. Oh. Other than a billion pictures on my phone. But yeah, we don't have the same last name. Right. I don't know how, I don't think they care about that. I think they're just trying to prove that the person who bought the ticket is the person that's on the flight. 
All that matters is 9-11. No one cares about anything else. Right. Yeah. And no your water. suspicious giant baby. Okay. Um, sorry. Noah came in and said that Sierra was upset and she's... Aww. No, you know that upset when you cry really hard and then you're like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just doing that, but she's not crying anymore. Okay. You're just going to... So right now Sierra's just sitting on my lap, touching all my things. Excuse me. I don't know where we left off, but let's get to the... <laughs> We can get to questions. Yeah. <laughs> but we were just talking about her, so it's perfect. Hi, Liza, Emily, and gang. Longtime listener, first-time caller. I'm 31, female, happily married, and just had my own tiny tree frog baby in March. My husband and I are huge fans and have tickets to see you in Philly. My question is about my dad. For context, my parents were divorced when I was little, and I am an only child. My mom passed away when I was 13, and I moved in with my dad after that. We had a great relationship, and even when I moved out for college, we still talked on the phone or texted every day, talking for over an hour sometimes. Oh, so excited. Excited. Sorry, the baby's sitting in my lap because she's upset. (laughs) Go on. Sorry. He really was my best friend. Over the last few years, I've seen my dad less and less often. He lives about two hours away, and whenever we would make plans for holidays, birthdays, just so we can get together without fail, he would cancel last minute, blaming it on not feeling well, car issues, you name the excuse, I've heard it. I've offered to go to him, but he refused and insists he'll come to me. Over the last five years, I've maybe seen him six to seven times, and when he does come, he'll stay for two hours tops and then go home. Before I started spending holidays with my husband and in-laws, there were years I spent Christmas completely alone because of my dad canceling last minute. I luckily have amazing in-laws, but I still miss seeing my own dad. It breaks my heart like he doesn't want to see me, his only daughter, and now his only grandson, and it almost feels like I've lost both parents. He doesn't work anymore, and he's currently single. He's had on and off relationships over the years, so I worry about him if he's doing okay, but to be honest, I can't tell you much of anything about his life because he doesn't open up to me like he used to. I've gotten my hopes up so many times to plan weekends with him and get let down every time without fail. I'm worried it may be a sign of depression or health issues, but he won't tell me anything. When I try and call him, we maybe only stay on the phone for a few minutes and just a few random texts throughout the week, mainly pictures of the baby. We've never had a big argument or falling out. We just hardly ever talk or see each other anymore. It's already hard going through so many life changes the last few years without a mom or sibling to share and vent to. Mm. Now it feels like I lost my only other, my only family member and it's lonely. My husband and his family are incredible, but this just feels different. Is it worth the effort to keep reaching out and trying? I'm just tired of putting so much effort in, going out of my way to arrange everything, just to keep getting my heart broken, but I don't know what else to do. Thanks, Anonymous. Did this start after you got married? It sounds like no, because she said she has several Christmases alone before the husband and the in-laws. It sounds like your dad has depression and it's just like undiagnosed. He also might have a health issue, although it seems like he's been alive for quite some time. So, I mean, I don't know what cancer looks like, but if it isn't those things, it does sound like depression to me, not as a doctor or anything. It's just like, what else could it be? I think you have to drive there and I think you should write out, not because you're not angry at him. You're hurt and you're sad because you love him. This is a this is a unique question because usually it's something happened or there's a stepmom or something made you uncomfortable, but you don't know what's going on and you've lost so much time with him. So you don't feel the kind of closest where you can just kind of call it out. Go there. Don't give him, you know, he's not doing anything. So don't give him, unless he's like secretly living with another family. Um, don't give him a chance to, he's not going to like shut the door in your face. I would write out how you're feeling. And you can either read from the letter or get it out so that you have your thoughts composed and go see for yourself. He might be secretly hoarding. He might be sick. He might be depressed. He may think you don't need him in in your life anymore. You may have said something that you don't realize. You may have done something. You just don't know. Go there. Don't give him a chance to turn you down and tell him exactly how you feel and say, you're my only family and I love you. And it would mean everything to me if I could include you in my life and count on you. Like say these words to him. Because you don't know if something happened then you have no idea. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's very weird. It's, it's, I mean, it is heartbreaking that he would say, yep, I'll be there for Christmas. And then last minute be like, whoops, my car isn't working. Bye. You know what? He may not have wanted to be there around families without his wife. I mean, yes, I don't know how long that grieving happens, but like it probably doesn't feel great to be reminded of what Christmas used to look like with your family. 
Maybe he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want pity. Maybe he doesn't want to be the single guy around this other family. Maybe he doesn't feel as good as them or wanted or insecure, whatever it is, you don't know. And he may not voice it to you, but what's important is that you say to him as your daughter, it's important that I have you there because that trumps everything else. That might be what he needs. So just go, get in the car and just go. Right, yeah, because he can hang up after a few minutes. But yeah, if you're at his house, he's going to be like, okay, well, you got to leave now. Surprise him and just be like, I love you so much and I miss you and I need you in my life and I want you there for these things. You're all I have. And my baby and husband. (laughs) Right. All right, we have an update to a workplace question. This was one that I think we answered very well where this person works in advertising and the client basically was always like pushing deadlines, asking for favors, going to them directly. Um, And they just always like have an issue. There's always an error. Like it just was too much. So hi, AI crew. I wrote in a couple months back about a client work that was overstepping and burning me out. And I have an update. In between writing to you and you answering the question on the pod, I brought everything to my manager, sent her email threads of all the strange requests and showed her all the past due notes I had on their contracts and told her how frustrated I was with how consistently out of sync this client was. She scheduled a meeting with the sales rep and their manager. Turns out they'd been having loads of other issues with this particular client too, so it became an all-hands-on-deck situation to get things under control. Now the rep sends this client extensively detailed reminders every two weeks instead of me being the only one checking in on them, and it's been super helpful. Today I received materials from them a full month in advance, and it's been so great to not have to focus so much of my attention on one person when I've got so many other things on my plate. Anyways, thanks for your advice for affirming some of the choices I made and frustrations I had of being in a weird position and for the tough love mom advice when she was on. Thanks so much. There you go. So even though this person merely confirmed what we said and did not wait for our advice and did not put her life on hold until we filtered through and found your question, it doesn't matter because in the end, you would have done what we said and it confirmed it. So I think that's proof right there, folks, that you should always wait for us to give you the go-ahead But just know that whatever you do, if it's the right thing, that's what we would have told you to do. So we win. In any case. We win. We win. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, ladies. Like many of your listeners, I am a nurse who's been listening to your podcast since the very beginning. Fun fact, I have needed to use my asthma rescue inhaler all four times that I've seen your live shows due to laughing so hard. Oh, that's, that is the oh, highest compliment. That and like completely shitting yourself are the both very high compliments. The compliment, not just of it happening once, but that they went to your show, had to use their life-saving inhaler and bought tickets another three times, knowing they go every time they go to your show, they know... There will be a life-altering event. For I me might here. die from this. I might and that's die. love. Yeah. That's dedication. What are the rest of you doing? Just in, laughing yeah. with lungs totally working? <laughs> no, it's not enough. Lungs. You need to you need to kiss death on the lower <laughs> lip. Oh. I tried to strategically write about my issue in a way that gives you both context, but spares everyone the pain of listening to mind-numbing irrelevant details. So here we go. <laughs> okay. I am the 27-year-old daughter of a 55-year-old woman with MS. After suffering significant disease progression over many years, my mom is now a quadriplegic. A few months ago, she got COVID for the first time and was in the ICU in respiratory failure. My mom has a sister who is two years younger than her. My aunt and I have been very close my entire life. I'm also very close to my uncle, her husband. We go out drinking on double dates together, go to concerts together, talk about everything. My family and I tend to prefer my uncle over my aunt because he is more down-to-earth and compassionate, whereas my aunt is more materialistic, egotistical, and overall just the type of person who is life of the party, but you can only tolerate spending short periods of time around her. My uncle is also known for visiting and reaching out much more often about my mom, whereas my aunt is preoccupied by her big career and checks in much less on her sister. My aunt and uncle are currently undergoing a nasty divorce. My aunt made a point to discuss with me that that my uncle will always care about my mom, their relationship, and and mine and his relationship will not change, and that he will always be a support person to us. While my mom was hospitalized, my aunt knew about my mom's condition, but never reached out to me or my parents asking about her or sending well wishes. During that time, I was stressed beyond belief, so I texted my uncle looking for solace. He had no idea about my mom's condition. I had assumed my aunt told him. He was appropriately devastated and helped us out a lot during that time. About a week after I first reached out to my uncle, I got a text from my aunt reaming me out for speaking to him. She said things like, who the fuck do you think you are? You speak to him only if I say you can speak to him. And if I want him to know something about my sister, that information comes from me and me only. For context, this is a man who she was married to for almost my entire life. This is not a new husband. The three of us are close. It was only about six months prior that she swore he would always be there for my parents and I. Well, she's not wrong. (laughs) He can still be there. All right, go on. These texts were the only messages anyone received from her since my mom was hospitalized. I entertained her baffling behavior for a bit in a much more mature way than how she was acting, then ultimately stopped replying. The last message from her told her that I am... Not to speak to him without her permission. Fuck her. I had not heard from her since, which was about three to four months ago, until she recently texted me asking me to babysit her three kids while she goes on a weekend vacation. I didn't reply. A few days later, my uncle texted me asking the same thing. I replied to him, apologized for being unable to talk to him, but that I don't want to be in the middle of their drama anymore. And that is for my aunt. I'm not allowed to speak to him. My uncle was completely understanding and also not surprised. My question, 
Do I try and make amends with my aunt? She was truly a best friend to me. I miss her, but I texted her on her birthday with no response. She didn't reach out about my mom. She didn't wish me a happy birthday. And now she only wants to speak to me and allow my uncle to speak to me when she needs something and has not reached out since. Is it worth it? It's so hard to navigate when they're family and not just a random friend from college. Please help. Oh, my love, Danielle. It's tough because your uncle is more of an aunt to you than your aunt is. Right. Um, it's also tough because she reamed you out for that. And then like Brandon was like, hey, can you babysit? Which tells me she's really going through something. Yeah. Unstable. And by the way, you don't, it's not like she's crazy, but like already was like kind of a pill, but like, okay. And now she's going through this really stressful divorce. I think the first step that needs to be taken is you have to say to her, like, I do miss you and I love you. It'll never be the way that it was. I, I guess the question, like, what do you want from the aunt? Because you keep mentioning how she doesn't reach out to your mom. So do you want more of a relationship with this fun aunt who like either doesn't have the capacity to really care about your mom or is compartmentalizing it because it's her sister and she can't, you know, you kind of don't know. Right. But I think if you care, one thing that you're going to have to make clear to her is my uncle is still my uncle. He's been my uncle my whole life. And I'm not going to ask your permission to speak to him, especially because he has been so consistently there for me and my mom and I'm assuming your dad, but our family in going through this. Yeah. And then she'll take that as an attack. She'll make it about her, but you can say that and be like, that being said, I do still want to be close with you and say to her, I miss you, but I won't, I, I can't be told who I can and can't reach out to, especially when it is my family. Right. You know, and then say to her, be like, you said some really horrible things to me and then just called me and asked me to babysit, which leads me to believe you didn't mean those things, but I can't just sweep that under the rug. So can I get the lay of the land? What's going on? You're going to have to put all that out there because she might be like, oh my God, I am so sorry. It has been so crazy. Like give her the chance. But if she's like, no, you're crazy. I don't really care. It's tough to judge what an, how another person deals with a tragedy of someone close to them. Because what your mom's going through is so unfair and horrific and awful. And you, your feelings matter the most because you're the daughter. That's just the way it is. But you don't know, it might just be too much for your aunt. Like that might just be the way that she deals with it. Right. So come from a place of, I do miss you. And I just don't like, however, I, I can't. It's not about like, I won't be told who I can and can talk to, but be like, we want all the support we can get. And our uncle, whatever, Uncle Tim has been there. He's so kind and... I wish you would be there too. But if you're unable to, I just want you to know that I do miss you. And I don't want you to think that I don't love you. And, you know, just come from a sweet place. And if she's still a giant bee, then you got your answer. Yeah. Her response to your openness and vulnerability, like that will be her showing you who she truly is. Right. And the, the good answer is you'll have your answer. You'll either continue a relationship with your uncle and one with your aunt or just the uncle. And you'll just always know that your aunt is the giant bee. You kind of always knew she was, but it was kind of always okay. Right. When he was balancing her out. Yeah. And she's not getting the benefit of that balance anymore. What weirds me out is that she called. I didn't have a problem asking you for a favor. It's gross. Which leads me to believe she isn't. It's not about you'll talk to him when I say I think she was just like spiraling. Yeah. Kick it. And now we have a baby sitting in our lap. So maybe she'll make some sounds. Can you say, my goodness. That? You can't have that. Go on. <laughs> okay. So we have another follow-up. And this follow-up has more to do with your overall no, no. advice. No, my goodness. <laughs> okay. So the follow-up is to, do you remember someone wrote in because their sister was broken up with by a guy who was horrible, who said he didn't like her daughter, her six-year-old daughter. Yes. Oh, the it one that had like, no self-worth. Yes. Yeah. Red hot update. Follow-up, because Eliza is scarily intuitive. First of all, <gasps> thank you for the advice on my sister. Since then, I compiled a very long list of all the toxic things he's done and ruined for my sister and sent it to her in hope she'll glance at it whenever she's feeling at a loss. She's admit She admits she definitely lets her partner decide her self-worth, and it will be a long journey to get out of that habit. Anyway, oh, okay. the good. main reason I'm writing back is because every time I have written in, Eliza adds a tidbit of information that may seem random, but is extremely accurate in my situation. Examples. When I wrote in about my stepmom having a creepy friend obsessed with my little brother, my stepmom unfriended her finally, Eliza made a joke about the creepy lady buying them matching onesies, and then she did. 
This most recent email, Eliza says the situation reminds her of mothers staying with boyfriends that sexually abuse their children. And my mom did do that to me for years, even after I told her what was going on, which makes it even sadder. My sister is showing the same kind of behavior. Then you learned it from your mother. Wow. Eliza jokingly says I should help my sister paint her house, which is wild because my sister needs to repaint their apartment walls before the lease is up. And I offered to help before that episode even came out. There are more examples from over the years that I remember being like, whoa, is Eliza psychic or something? But you get the point. This could all be a coincidence, but I just want Eliza to know it's almost spooky how relatable the random details she adds in are. Tell you what, if I were more of a narcissist, I would like build a brand off that. Like into it, Eliza. I'm intuiting all these things. Send me a Patreon and I'll tell you your future. Positive thoughts manifest your good nature. That's cool. Well, that's cool. It's not, I mean, there's intuition, but it's also just aggregated data. Like it's just me compiling and filtering out things that I know from things that I've heard. Right. It's just me being a really bad listener, but a really good observer. <laughs> Well, thanks. Well, I hope your sister is going to do okay. And it's yeah. good. It's good that you did that for her. I'm glad. I'm glad we helped. We helped. <laughs> Hi, Ari crew. Love everything you guys do. I am 27 male and have been on five great dates with a woman, 28 female. We've gone yes. to wine bars. I've cooked her dinner and had dinner at her place twice. All the dates were great. And we had really deep, intimate conversations where we both shared a lot of our past experiences and found we have similar priorities in life. We and found we have the same parents. <laughs> <laughs> we would text most days, albeit not a ton because we're both busy professionals. All of a sudden, she just didn't respond one day. Not a huge mm. deal. I followed up a few days later asking if a big exam she had went well. Still no response. It's been 10 days since she last responded. The last thing I want to be is the guy who continually texts a woman who isn't responding. What should yep. I do? I really want to reach out. But the last thing I want to be is that guy. Any advice is appreciated. Thanks. You know, I, I really appreciate that this is coming from a guy, not a yeah. girl. Because um, you, you know, you tend to not hear about it the other way. I'm sure it does happen the other way. Um, the only reason you're entitled, first of all, do you guys have sex? Um, oh, I don't know. Did you have sex right before she stopped speaking to you? Let's say you didn't. Let's say you haven't. You've just gone on these dates. The only reason I think you're entitled to an answer is because you've gone on several dates. This is not like you five. went on one date. Yeah, Been five. to her house twice. Yeah, like intimate dates where you talk. You may have revealed something to her that she found unattractive. I don't know the content of your conversations. You may have texted her one too many times and not realized it. You did something that gave her the ick or she's dead. So you might want to Google that. Um, Google or that. she met someone else and now she's just like, I don't even know what to say to this person. And I hear you, you don't want to be that guy. And it's unfortunate that we live in a society where anything beyond like, it's cool that we never spoke again makes you look psycho. Um, yeah. But I think it's okay to send a text or call the problem with call is that if she declines it, you've got nothing to say. Just send a text and be like, hey, I totally can take the hint. I just would be remiss if I didn't reach out to say that it all felt a little sudden. I, If I said something to offend you or it kind of doesn't matter at this point, but I just, to be honest and vulnerable, was just looking for some closure. But then well, again, the question, well, I was going to say, the question is like, does it matter? Like if this is the kind of person that does that, you want to know. If she says to you, like, yeah, you said this thing about your sister that creeped me out. Like, do you really want to hear that? Or she's not going to tell you if you're bad in bed. She's not going to have the guts, and I don't blame her, to say, like, you did something creepy or you texted me too much. And so can we see those texts? That's what I need to know. I would assume if I was you, I'd just be like, oh, this person must have had a horrible tragedy, and this is totally a one-off, and they'll get back to me. But— Maybe that's not the right thing where you're like, you don't want them to forget that they're going through something. But I wonder if it's just saying like, hey, you haven't responded in a bit. I don't want to blow up your phone. You know, I, I won't text you again. But if yes, you still want to get together. No, do not say that. Emily, no. you're wrong. No. Because she doesn't want to get together. And that's not what you're looking for. You're like, right. hey, are you dead? Or like, did I do something? Right, right. It's tough because no matter what you write, you, you'll never know what she thinks of you. That's the other thing. Do you have any one in common? Like, who cares? You may as well just say, hey, and use her name. Yeah. Like, hey, Ramona, um, I do not want to blow up your phone. I don't want to be a creep guy. I think you know me at this point. You know that's not me. Um, I just, it's something to the effect of like, we spent like, we went out a few times. And so it just feels a little cold 
to just stop talking. I totally get if you don't want to see me anymore. Um, but if there's, it's kind of like, if there's something I did to offend you or hurt you, I'm truly sorry. Uh, obviously it's over, but I guess I was just a guy looking for some closure or just something like that. I don't think you're in the wrong. I think that's an incredibly shitty thing to do to someone. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like, it's tough because you already wrote back with no response. You could even just leave her a voicemail. Yeah. That way it's like out and like she, because I feel like sometimes over text, like things can get charged and misinterpreted. Yeah, but would you listen to the voice? If I got a voicemail from someone I was ghosting, I wouldn't listen. I'd be nervous. Anyways, let us, I'd like to know the content of those texts and I'd like to know the content of your conversation. So if you want to get back to us before we pull the trigger, let me know. She will come crawling back in a couple months and be like, hey, that was not cool. I just met this magic man. Try to understand. (laughs) It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And under the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Hi, Liza and crew. I've been a fan of you, your comedy, and the pod for what feels like forever. Fun fact, your podcast is literally the only one I listen to. Yes, that is what we like because there's too many podcasts, there's too many shitty podcasts and not enough are hot fire content. I finally have a question. I don't travel often, but when I do, I wind up checking a bag and carting whole bottles of things like shampoo, face cream, et cetera, and it gets tedious. What? Like you. Yeah, you don't have to say you don't travel often. We can tell. Like you, I have hair that I hate unless I straighten it. For me, this means blow drying and flat ironing, plus a shitload of different products that will probably give me cancer, but whatever. Anyway, I love and admire your commitment to making the earth a less plastic-filled garbage dump full of useless trash situation. My question. You obviously travel often, understatement of the year, I know. Would you be able to recommend a brand or specific bottle slash containers you use to contain your toiletries, i.e. lotions, cream, shampoo, conditioner, et cetera, that's sturdy, well-made, and environmentally friendly, or at least friendly-ish? I've been mining the internet for a while. All I seem to come up with is cheap, poorly made crap that will need to be tossed out way before this type of product should. I want something that will stand the test of time. And if it's cute, that's just a bonus. I also realize you may not even need to pack this type of stuff and that your brands may be too expensive for me. I'm a teacher, by the way. Thanks for your never-ending support for the work we do and the bullshit we put up with in this day and age. I figure it never hurts to ask. Thank you for all that you do and the clarity you tirelessly put out in this world, Julie. Thanks, Julie. Uh, I have a lot of suggestions. First of all, don't ever pack a full-size anything unless you're moving somewhere. It makes you look like an amateur. (laughs) Couple things. One, you can swap out your liquids for a bar. I use conditioning bars and shampoo bars and they make all different kinds depending on what kind of hair. They even have purple ones if you have colored, blonde-colored hair. Uh, Ethique is a company that makes them as well as Kitsch. They make them. Um, And if you really want to know what this celebrity uses when I travel, the answer is old bottles from other products. 
I went to CVS. I years ago bought one travel thing of Cetaphil and I keep that one in my bag and I use Cetaphil at home or CeraVe and I just constantly refill it. I have like a little ritual before I travel. It's like a day that I, or like an hour that like I spend refilling all my things. You would be surprised how many small bottles, small containers, small jars come into your life that you just throw out. You don't think about it. How many products already come in those small bottles and you can reuse almost all of them. You also don't need that much shampoo and conditioner and I bring it, but if the hotel has like a big pump, so it's not a small bottle, I usually just use a little bit of that. I, 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 everybody should use like a special kind of shampoo, but usually I'm not precious about it. Lush, you know, the company, it's like the British company and they have like all of like the organic natural soaps and stuff like that. They, some of their things come in metal so you can reuse your soap in those metal containers. I, I use, sometimes you get free products when you shop at Sephora, like for your birthday. I keep almost all of those products and I rinse it out when I'm done and I reuse it. So that is the answer. I reuse the container that the product I love came in. Mm -hmm. You can save dropper bottles. You can save, you know, and if you don't have any of that, just go to the store and get a travel size and then just always reuse it and refill it with the product you use at home. Keep it in a little bag separate. But that is my answer. That's my answer. There you go. I, yeah. And I know this sounds, this doesn't matter if it's a drop in the bucket, but if I use a bar of soap in a hotel, I will wrap it in toilet paper and I will take it with me to the next destination. And the good thing about toilet paper is it sticks onto the soap, but then it comes right off with water, it just disintegrates. There's also a company that makes disintegrating like a sheet of soap and the packaging disintegrates in water. So that's the answer is just constantly refilling little packages. Yeah. Being organized. Keep an eye out. Go Look through your cabinet right now. I bet you got a ton of them. Yeah. Hi, Liza. Queen cat mother, Emily. Hot Scotty number one. Cute tiny party horn. And all the AIA children, human and fur. I have a weird situation. I, 29, female, not nurse grad, but from Texas. All caps. Moved to another country right as my parents announced they were getting divorced four years ago now. My mom has always been closer to me and has come to visit me in my new home country as well as my younger brother. My dad, on the other hand, has always been more distant. Basically, my parents married super young and my dad took the helm of breadwinner and my mom was everything else. He says he always felt on the outside while my mom, brother, and I were the main family unit. I say he says because this is what he has told me, but from my memory, my mom always tried to include him in everything we did, but his work schedule was always all over the place. Now, without my mom as the glue, he has become even more distant and barely calls or texts me and we don't really have much of a relationship. I've been trying to talk to him more to build up our relationship, but it's not always fun because he only ever talks about himself during our conversations and rarely asks about me, and it gets exhausting. Oof. Here's my issue. I know that he wants a relationship with me because he does randomly message me to say hello or I love you. Never much deeper than that. But he likes to send these messages when he's drunk. I know because mm. our time zones are very different, and I should not be receiving a text so late in the day from someone back home. He has also called me one time while at the bar to try and introduce me to his new girlfriend. I said, no, we should wait for another time to allow me to process the information of him being in a new relationship. I still haven't, quote, met her and really don't want to yet. It's because she doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) He doesn't do it all the time, but enough to where I know that he's drunk when I receive the message without even reading it. Happens a lot on a Saturday afternoon when it's Friday night where he is. What should I do? I still respect and love him and want to keep trying to build this relationship, but also I don't want my dad drunk texting me. It's weird. How do I tell him to call or text me when he wants to actually communicate with me and not cop out by just saying a drunken hello? Thank you for your words of wisdom. I saw you when you came to the House of Blues in Houston in 2017 and again this year at the Hamer Hall in Melbourne. Both amazing shows and everything you say on the pod is basically gospel to me. Thank you so much for choosing my question, Emily. Loved the whole AIA fam a confused and weirded out daughter. Yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. Oh, I totally hear you. Um, it's tough. When he's sober, when you know he'll be sober, hopefully at like three o'clock on a Wednesday, call him. Hey, I'm just calling a check-in. Some men are, it's not even so much narcissistic as much as like he doesn't know how to communicate with you. And you don't want to like force your life down his throat. Like, let me tell you a bit about me, dad. You know, it sounds like he's nervous and it sounds like you guys don't have much of a relationship because you never did. And 
the feeling that he's feeling, like the isolation, like that's valid. Like even though you remember it a certain way, he may have always felt another way and it could have been circumstantial through no, you know, he had to work. So it was you and your mom and your brother. Only good can come from you saying to him, I feel like we have an opportunity to build a fresh relationship and I want to get to know you as an adult, as my dad. And you call sometimes and you talk a lot about yourself, but I feel like you kind of don't really ask me about me. And he'll say, you can tell me whatever you want about yourself. And be like, okay, I will. But something I need you to know is that I don't like it when you call me drunk. It just makes me feel not special. And it makes me feel like you need this like liquid courage, but you can always call me because you're my dad and I love you. And I'd like to build a relationship with you. Maybe you'll come out here to to Australia, or maybe I can see you when I go home, quite the schlep, or maybe we can meet in the middle in like Vanuatu or something. But uh, I think you just need to say those things to him because he's probably wrestling with a lot of that and feeling isolated. And like, this is the way he reaches out when he gets some liquid courage. Be like, you don't need to be buzzed. And he'll be like, I'm not drunk. And be like, I can tell when you've had a few drinks and I'm not saying you have a problem, but I'm just saying like, it doesn't make me feel good to interact with you like that. Yeah. But I would like to talk to you. And I do think these things take practice. And I do think speaking more regularly, maybe having like a Zoom date every Sunday at noon or something. Yeah, he needs guidance a little bit on how to be a dad because it's interesting you say, you know, that that he says he felt like he was on the outside and you say your mom really tried to include him, but he was working. His work schedule is weird. Yeah, he had to work to support the family. And because of that, he had to miss out on picnics and fun stuff, you know. And he might resent her for that. And she might resent him for working. And the truth is, as the kids, you'll never get the full truth slash picture about (laughs) what went on your parents' marriage. You shouldn't. They'll each have their side. But it almost doesn't matter because what is clear is that he does try, even if it's in his own way. And he's not abusive and he's not mean. You guys just have a lot of time to make up. Yeah. So just say all that from like the best place. Like I do want a relationship. So let's make our own thing. Yeah. Say to him, like you felt left out. Well, here I am. Let's have our own thing. Right. And I think if he rejects that, then you're dealing with a piece of shit. But I think he would like that. Right. And it may be small and it may just be talking for 30 minutes every week. Or it might be texting each other pictures or or just finding something you have in common. Yeah. Watch a TV show at the same time. Yeah on the phone together in different time zones. I know that's a tough stuff. I was going to say you could do Zoom drinks, but it's Friday night for him and Saturday afternoon for you. You know, it's not the yeah. best timing, but. Hi, pod squad. I need some advice on how to phase out a coworker from a friendship. I, oh 30 female, work in a very male-dominated field, so most of my friends end up being guys by default. I accidentally made friends with a coworker, 30 male. Initially, he was struggling with some professional career path choices, and I offered him some advice, which apparently meant we are friends. Being the people pleaser that I am, I just kept being myself and being nice. He's a very open book type of person and very dramatic about everything in his life, including our job and him thinking he's more important than he is, which gets old quickly. Usually, I just let it go in one ear and out the other. Recently, he disclosed to me that he and his wife are thinking about trying for a baby, but he's afraid to become a dad, and they have some concerns about trying due to potential underlying conditions she may have. After talking with my husband and making sure he was okay with it, I disclosed to him that we've actually been trying for two years and have been going through treatments, four rounds of medicine, four failed IUIs, and we are about to start IVF. My intent was to let them know that there are options out there if they have struggles, and I gave them our doctor as a referral if they wanted to have a conversation and understand their options. Fast forward to today, and he's being extremely over the top, and I've about had it. He's talking as I'm typing this. He has told everyone in our office that he and his wife are going through some health concerns and that it's something she will be combating for the rest of her life, has compared it to finding out you have cancer, and basically is trying to garner sympathy from coworkers and fishing. Anytime someone is like, oh, what's wrong? He's like, I can't really disclose, but it's not good. They haven't even started trying yet, and they haven't been to a single doctor. They are currently self-diagnosing using Google, and that was openly said they did their research. I'm wondering how to get this accidental friendship back to just coworkers. I don't want to go over to your house. I don't want to text your wife. He randomly gave my number to her. Please stop bringing me pie. I don't want to talk to you about my struggles and I don't want to hear about yours. Make a comment about the weather and just get back to work. Sorry, this is so long. It's been going on for a while now and I've about had it. Thanks a lot, Anonymous. 
Part of me wants to shake you because you knew this person was annoying and you couldn't help yourself and you let them in anyway. But even as I admonish you, I'm still like, that's something I would have done. And it was nice. It was nice of you. My ear would perk up like, oh, a way I can be involved and maybe save this. Oh, let me come help you. Even though I don't like you. I do this all the time. Someone I don't like, but I'm like, let me give you some life-changing advice. You extended, you opened some sort of door and he just walked in. You can simply say to him, because he'll be like, yeah, he doesn't know what's wrong. And that's really fucked up and that's weird. You can simply say to him and be like, hey, I have to be honest. Going through what we went through, I kind of just don't want like like hearing about it. Because you don't have to say triggering or anything, but be like, it was really hard and... I like you talk about this and you bring this up, but you guys don't know what you're dealing with. And as someone, you can even be like, as your friend who has gone through this, it's just, I kind of remove myself from these conversations. I hope you can appreciate that. Like I gave you the advice and the help that I wish someone had given me, but like, I don't like beyond that, my hands are clean. That's it. And then just never say you can go to their house, you know, just sort of push away everything. Deflect, deflect, deflect. Well, and they're going to, like, this guy isn't just coming to you. This guy is using this to try to get literally anyone else in the office to take the bait. Some idiot will take the bait soon and be and, and involve themselves, and then they're, they'll be the focus. I don't even understand what he's saying. Like, they just, they haven't even decided to try yet. And they've he's like, decided She's got- to try, but they haven't been any doctors, and they haven't actually, like, it's not like they've been trying and are taking pregnancy tests, and they're negative. They're just like, we want to try to have a baby, and we think all these bad things are going to happen is what it sounds like. You can just say to him, be like, it's just, I wanted to help you because you guys were going on this journey, but I've actually been through it. And until you've gone through this, it's just not a conversation that I want to be part of. Right. Like, yeah, I gave you the doctor's number. There's nothing else I can do here. And and just like giving it less and less when he brings it up, be like, yeah, that's crazy. And you can just keep saying, be like, you know, you, you probably need a real doctor's opinion. Yeah. That's annoying. That's sad though, because you were trying to do something good and now you're just, and this guy is just being so weird about it. He just wants the attention. He's latched onto this thing as like this way to get attention. Like he's like, oh, something's happening to me. That's such an uncommon behavior with men like around pregnancy, but it's, that's, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have a kid. This guy seems really annoying. Oh boy. All right. Kick it. Hello, pod squad, including pod P, sweet P, Sierra May. This may fall under above your pay grade and is a bit long, but I could really use some advice on how to move past a traumatic event. Two or three weeks ago, I was at the neighborhood pool with my eight and nine-year-old and witnessed a three-year-old girl almost drown. There were about three to four other groups of people there, so the pool was not packed. This little girl was there with her three older male cousins, about 10 to 14 years old. They were not paying any attention to her, and the little girl was mostly just hanging out with another family's little kids. I had stepped out of the pool to take a phone call and noticed a little girl unmoving face down in the water. (gasps) I jumped in and shook her. And when she didn't move, I flipped her over to find that she was clearly not breathing. Sorry, folks. Emily's cat (laughs) walked in front of my mouth. Do you know what a dead cat is? No. What? It's like the fuzzy thing you put over a microphone to like... Oh, yeah. (laughs) All the sound. He was being You got a live cat (laughs) right in his belly. All right, go on. I pulled her out of the pool and yelled for help. Thankfully, there was a nurse there who was able to give her CPR until the paramedics arrived. She and a nursing oh student God. who also happened to be there did chest compressions for eight minutes before the paramedics arrived. She finally began <gasps> breathing on her own maybe 15 oh minutes after she was out of the water, but the medics took her to the hospital to make sure her oxygen levels were okay. I truly oh don't God. think that girl would have made it if those hero nurses were not there or I didn't notice her when I did. It has been oh a couple of weeks. But I can't stop thinking about this event. I've been getting really existential thinking things like, what if I or the nurses had gone to the bathroom at that time? Or what if I hadn't stepped out to take the phone call, et cetera? I get really stressed whenever at the pool now, too. I would like to stop picturing her little face and find peace in the knowledge that she's most likely okay. Please help. Is it a public pool? Where, yeah. What pool was this? Yeah, it was a public pool. First of all, where's the lifeguard? I, I Yeah. Can you, as the taxpayers of that area. Like, I don't know if it's a public, public pool or if it's one of those like neighborhood pools. Where was the lifeguard? It's a neighborhood neighborhood pool. Okay. Yeah. So you guys all pay to belong to that pool. Where was the lifeguard? Maybe this is your, your purpose is to 
petition to make sure there's always a lifeguard on duty. Unfortunately, do you have kids? Does this woman have kids? Doesn't say. Unfortunately, it doesn't really matter. Unfortunately, kids are mistreated 24 hours a day all over the world. You just happen to see it in person in that moment. But horrible things like this are happening to everyone at every animals, people, adults, at all times, everywhere. And so we're lucky that we don't live in situations where we have to see this, where you have to see people blown to bits or murdered on your doorstep or your village, you know, people, those are the realities for a lot of people. And I'm not saying like you're soft or anything. I'm just saying every time I feel bad about something, when I hear about an animal that died, I'm like, but I ate a burger yesterday. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard to see those things when you're not used to it. And the truth is it doesn't, it's a futile exercise, a futile exercise. Like what if those nurses weren't there? Because they were, you were there. You were there for a reason. And that was to save her. It does, you could all, you, what if you got hit by a bus on the way to the pool that day? But none of those things happened because they weren't supposed to happen. And you were there and you did a good thing. Yeah. And that's really all you can take away from it. It's awful. You almost saw a child die and you saved her life and that will impact you in a positive and a negative way. Cut yourself a break. Definitely talk to someone but it it would it should shake you. It's like seeing a dead body or like a dead animal for a second or seeing someone get abused. Like it's tough to see violent things in front of you. Right. This is why people have PTSD. Like this is not normal to see. And there are people who see this stuff all day, every day and people are fucked up because of it. And you're angry at those dumb boys for not paying attention to this little girl. And you're angry at the parents for trusting these idiot boys with this precious little girl. And all you can do is either know that you would never let your kid in that situation, or if you ever do have a kid, you would, you know, you file that away. All we can do is learn from the things around us. And the truth is it doesn't matter because you were there. Yeah. That's all that's, that happened. That's all that we know. That's all that matters. But yeah, I don't blame you for being shaken. Or as they say, shook. Have a cup. Yeah. Just a talk with a cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Uh, I talked about the fact that I went to the Aspen Ideas Festival a couple weeks ago. And I still have some top of the cobs from that because I got to sit in on lectures and talks in fields that I have nothing to do with, like health equity, healthcare, stuff like that. Um, but right before my QA, I was introduced to a man in uniform. And his handler slash assistant was like, this is the Surgeon General. And his name is Vivek Murthy. And he he was like, this is the Surgeon General. I'm like, you're the guy from the side of the cigarettes. Yeah. (laughs) But like, when do you get to meet the Surgeon General? And he was so cool. For him to autograph. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, I've never had a cigarette, but just remind me just in case. Anyways, it was just cool. And then that was my top of the cob. And also this woman came up to me before my talk and she was like, oh. I can't believe I'm meeting you. I got to get a picture with you. I just think you're so great. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I looked at her name tag. Not going to blow up her name, blow up her spot. And I saw her company. I was like, Blue Origin, what's that? And she's like, oh, I am the chief like aeronautical scientist for Jeff Bezos's space program. Uh You're like, oh. I'm like, that's you? And she's like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, and you're excited to meet me? (laughs) Like, I can't do math in my head. (laughs) So I guess it's just cool because comedy takes you to places and helps you meet people that you never would have met. And I never would have had access to any of these people or known that they were fans. And it was just very cool for me to meet people who are well above me in so many ways. And they were like, we think you're funny. And I was just like, that's cool. I'm not going to space. I think it's a death mission. (laughs) Our fan top of the cob Eliza and Emily, I believe this will resonate with a big chunk of your key demographic. My top of the cob is pulling out of the parking lot on the last day of school. These past few years have been very difficult for teachers, so the feeling of knowing I have a few months to relax and unwind before it starts again is unmatched. Oof, that's a good one. I haven't felt that in years. I haven't been in school in years, but that's, you know, like, see you losers later. it's summer. It's summer, get away. I'll be back to decorate on my own dime in August. My top is that, you know, I bought my cats a toddler recliner. So I decided I needed a little throw for it. And I didn't like what was available online. So I picked up knitting again after 
18 years since I last knit. And I just picked it right back up. I watched a YouTube video and I was like, I've got this. I've almost finished my blanket. And I was like, oh, it's just like riding a bike. This is nice. This is a nice skill to have, I guess, if something goes awry. Never pegged you for a knitter, but I guess you do fit the bill. See, here's, but here's the thing. Well, I learned it because I went to Mon- a Montessori school and we That's learned right. it there. Talked about often. Yes. Yes. But I realized, pe- why do people associate knitting? <laughs> why did people associate knitting with cats? Because my cats want to chew the needles and the yarn. So it's very bad combination. Yeah, I think it has less to do with the actuality of it and more to do with the matronly, cozy grandma, <laughs> quiet tea sipping aspect. Yeah. Uh, the coziness, yeah. Okay. My bottom of the cob is um, I tried to get a Grimace shake, and I did wind up getting one, but I tried to get one. I wanted one. I said, can I have a Grimace meal? And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, sorry, the Nuggets Grimace meal? And they're like, what meal? And I'm like, the Grimace? I have to keep saying the word Grimace. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then I get my meal. I drive away. And it was just a regular vanilla shake. It wasn't the Grimace shake. And I'm not going to drive back <sighs> to McDonald's and be like, you give me the wrong shake now. So then a week later, I went back yeah. and just got a Grimace shake because I needed to know. But just so demeaning as an adult to be like, yes. hey, I want the Grimace meal, please, with the Grimace shake. Thank you. <laughs> was it... <laughs> was it... Vanilla? It just dyed purple? No, no. It's If you get the actual Grimace shake and they don't fuck up and give you a vanilla shake, oh it's, it's like supposedly mixed berry. It just tastes like tricks or like a fruity cereal, like a very yeah. faint essence of a, of a mixed berry flavor. I love that you never curse and this is what it's reserved for. That was... Please make that the sound bite for the advertisement for the show. That was so special to me. That was like a pop of Christmas. Just, I don't fuck up and give you the wrong grimace shake. I'm going to come in there and start kicking in teeth. <laughs> All right. What's the fan? The fan <laughs> bottom just says lactose intolerance. And the way I always think this time will be different. So this person can't have a grimace shake. I right, Yep. I feel that way sometimes with alcohol where I'm like, it'll be fine. I can totally, it's just like in my 30s, I'll be fine. And then I'm like, I feel weird. I got to go home. I feel like people with lactose intolerance all the time consume dairy and are just like, oh, well. I think it depends. And and it also depends uh, on your like ancestry. Mm. Like one in three African-Americans are lactose intolerant. And if you consider where your people come from, um, and I'm not saying this is always, but if you consider where your people come from and if historically they have consumed milk, particularly cow's milk, like I wonder if a lot of Asian people are lactose intolerant. I promise you people who are like Northern European are not lactose intolerant. And something I always take umbrage with is like when my friends who are Jewish make shitty Jewish jokes thinking that like it's okay because we're all together. And they're like, oh, I'm just so oh, I can't have any milk because I'm a Jew. And I'm like, we're from Eastern Europe. Like we drink cow's milk. You can't have milk because you're fucking annoying. (laughs) Don't blame being a Jew. Like you've just got bad gut. Yeah. Anyways, that always bothers me. Like consider where you're from and then go from there. Uh, If you want want to have an idea about if you might be lactose intolerant, but that's not always the answer because some people are so mixed that it doesn't matter. My bottom of the cob is, um, and this will have happened by now, but I, every morning, I didn't realize this. Sometimes you don't realize something's a habit until it goes away. But every morning for my adult life, I have logged on to check a website called Delisted, which is like a celebrity gossip website. It's more of like a pop culture. It's not really, it's more of a pop culture, gossipy kind of catty website. But there's a lot of them out there. Like, like, like angry stepfather, step, stepdad, and like Jezebel and Just Jer. There's a ton of them. I don't, I must have started reading D-listed like in my 20s or something, or I don't know how long they've been around, but for a very long time. And it just became something that my fingers would type naturally without even realizing it. Every morning I'll check D-listed because I don't watch celebrity news and I don't follow celebrities online and I try to keep it out of my life because it's largely junk. And yes, they cover Real Housewives and I could not care less. And but the guy who runs it is named Michael K. And I always thought it was a very funny website. I can't say that I always read every article, but I always felt like he gave things a fair shake. And I always thought he was kind of spot on when he did or didn't like someone. And he had like a very specific comedic point of view. And 
he never like pulled any punches and he never was just mean for the sake of it while still being like kind of bitchy. And he would always do these like everyday birthday sluts. And if it's your birthday, you got your name on there. And one time I wrote to him and I asked if I could be one. And every year since I've been included on the list. And they just posted, they were like, we're going to be closing our doors after whatever, 10 years, 18 years. And I wrote him a little email just to say, thanks for having a comedic point of view and I'll miss you. And you guys were a constant in my life that I didn't realize until you said you were leaving. So goodbye, D-listed. Thank you for introducing me to celebrities that I don't care about and never would have known about, like Phoebe Price. And thanks for opening my eyes to Spanish words like nalgas. So I think it means like balls. Uh, Goodbye, D-listed. Yeah. Well, folks, happy 4th of July week. I hope you celebrated it, and I hope you got to keep both of your eyes. It's what our forefathers would have wanted. And Emily, remember, for the land of the free and the home of the... Grimace. Fuck up my order! (laughs) Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh-generation. Find seventh-generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com.